lecture eleven part three of christian patience by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture eleven on patience in prayer part three in his moral exposition of the book of job st gregory the great has given us such a solid explanation of the value of interior trials that we gladly give his reflections at length the text on which the great pontiff builds his comment is the words of the messenger to job while thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their elder brother a violent wind came on a sudden from the side of the desert and shook the four corners of the house and it fell upon thy children and they are dead and i alone have escaped to tell thee job chapter one verses eighteen and nineteen upon this st gregory observes that the interior house of the soul is built up in the four cardinal virtues and within are the other virtues children of the heart that mutually feed each other justice fortitude prudence and temperance frame a house for the spirit of god then the spirit of god prepares the house of the soul against her several trials by tempering her with seven virtues with wisdom against folly with understanding against stupidity with counsel against precipitation with fortitude against fear with knowledge against ignorance with piety against hard-heartedness and with the fear of the lord against pride yet sometimes whilst the soul is upheld in the plenteous abundance of the divine gift were that gift left constantly with us giving us always sweet enjoyment we should forget from whom the gift comes and think it our own it is therefore useful that sometimes this gift should be withdrawn to check our presumption and to show us how weak we are when we lose it for a time we learn to know whence our good comes and that we have not the power to keep it sometimes to teach us humility temptation rushes upon us and that with a violence that strikes our wisdom into folly not knowing how to deal with the temptation we become troubled as to how we can meet the pressure of evil but by this very folly the heart is taught prudence our momentary folly makes us more humble and therefore more truly wise and the wisdom lost in a manner for the time is henceforth held in greater security sometimes after the understanding has ascended to sublime things there comes a dull obtuseness that sinks the mind down to things low and vile and even inferior truths leave the mind that recently soared aloft on rapid wings yet this very stupidity that comes upon the temporary loss of the mental powers saves the understanding for the heart is humbled and is therefore more justly strengthened to understand what is truly sublime sometimes whilst rejoicing in the steady counsel that rules our actions there comes a crisis that hurries us into thoughtless precipitation so that whilst we imagine that all was well regulated within us our interior becomes devastated with confusion 
yet this very confusion teaches us to beware of ascribing our counsel to our own virtue and after we have returned to the gift of counsel that seemed lost we hold to that counsel with greater firmness sometimes whilst bravely despising adversities some new trouble beyond what we looked for comes upon us and the soul is struck with unusual fear yet after suffering this confusion the soul learns to whom she should ascribe the strength that sustains her under tribulations and in proportion to the danger she has incurred of losing her fortitude she will adhere more firmly to her divine strengthener sometimes whilst rejoicing in the knowledge of divine things the mind becomes torpid and struck as it were with blindness yet though the eye of the mind is closed in ignorance for a time it afterwards opens to true knowledge for this visitation of blindness instructs us in the right kind of knowledge and teaches us from whom true knowledge comes sometimes when all things seem to be disposed religiously within us and we congratulate ourselves on being filled with pious feelings a sudden hardness comes upon us yet whilst made sensible of the natural hardness of our heart we learn from whom we receive the gift of piety and after its partial extinction that piety returns more perfect and we love it the more for having lost it for a time sometimes when the soul is rejoicing in the holy fear of god she becomes suddenly stiffened with temptations to pride yet roused by the dread of losing the fear of god she bends down anew to humility and in proportion to her dread of losing a virtue so momentous she receives it back with greater solidity when the house of job was overwhelmed the seven sons died when the strong wind of temptation troubles the conscience for the gaining of self-knowledge the virtues born of the heart are overwhelmed yet those sons of the heart still live through the spirit within them although externally dead to the sensibilities for though the hour of trial troubles the virtues in a moment through the perseverance of right intention they live secure in the root of the soul with the sons of job their three sisters were overwhelmed when heavy trials come it will sometimes befall us that charity is troubled in the heart hope is shaken with alarm and faith is assaulted with questionings for at times our love of our creator will languish under the thought that we are made to suffer beyond our strength and yielding more to fear than we ought the confidence of our hope becomes enfeebled at times also the mind stretches to immense questions and faith suffers fatigue as though it were failing yet these daughters of grace are alive though they seem overwhelmed for when conscience seems to say that faith hope and charity have almost failed they are kept alive in the sight of god by the perseverance of right intention the servant who brought these tidings to job alone escaped amidst our great trials one thing remains safe and secure and that is the light and discretion by which we distinguish what is just from what is unjust 
in the wonderful dispensation under which we live the soul is stricken at times with the sense of guiltiness were a man never to feel his weakness he would imagine himself the lord of his powers but when shaken by the inrush of temptations he becomes fatigued beyond what suffices him there is shown him the fortress of humility where he will find an ample protection against his enemies and from the very fear that his weakness may bring him to a fall he receives a strength that enables him to stand with firmness he not only learns from his trials from whom he receives his power but knows with what watchfulness that power must be preserved often when temptation might be easily defeated in the combat the conceit of self-security brings him to a fall for when the soul is dissolved in idleness she becomes an easy prey to the corrupter but when the divine piety disposes in such a manner that temptation shall not rush with vehemence upon us but is only permitted to approach with moderated steps for our instruction this is granted that we may arm ourselves with caution against the coming foe and job said the lord hath given the lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the lord see how the trials of job instruct him in what he has received he confesses the bounty of god in what is taken from him to the perturbation of his fortitude he confesses the power of god yet fortitude itself is not taken from him it is only fatigued with perturbation from moment to moment his soul is shaken with the fear of losing it but growing ever more humble through that fear his humility saves him from losing his fortitude no one has treated the subject of patience in prayer and in the conduct of life with greater breadth clearness and fullness than st catherine of siena and it must be remembered that in the decree of her canonization her doctrine was pronounced to have been not acquired but infused with a summary of what this profoundly enlightened saint dictated on the subject we will close this instruction she listens to the eternal truth and then speaks to souls in the old testament when sacrifice was offered to god there came a fire that drew the victim to him and made it acceptable so the sweet truth sends the fire of the holy spirit to draw to him the sacrifice of desire whereby the soul makes the oblation of herself to god and he says to the soul knowest thou not that all the pains thou endurest or canst endure in this life are insufficient to punish the least of thy sins an offence against god the infinite good requires an infinite satisfaction but all the pains sent thee in this life are not sent for punishment some are sent for the correction of the offending child this however is true that the soul can satisfy by her desires when they are accompanied with true contrition and displeasure of sin true contrition satisfies both for sin and punishment not because of the limited sufferings endured but because of the infinite desire of god which accompanies them 
for he who is infinite would have infinite love and infinite sorrow he would have infinite sorrow for the offence of god and also of our neighbour but souls have infinite desires when they are made infinite through their union with god in love and in grief for having offended him whatever sufferings they endure whether spiritual or corporal receive an infinite merit through being moved by the holy spirit of love although the acts themselves are limited in time and intensity the virtue of endurance prevails because it is accompanied by this infinite desire together with contrition and detestation of sin this truth is demonstrated by saint paul if i speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity i am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal and if i should have prophecy and should know all mysteries and have not charity i am nothing and if i should distribute all my goods to feed the poor and if i should deliver my body to be burned and have not charity it profiteth me nothing one corinthians chapter thirteen verses one through three the glorious apostle thus demonstrates that no limited acts or sufferings can satisfy unless seasoned with the unlimited desires of charity every virtue has life and avails through jesus christ the only begotten son of god crucified and avails as far as the soul draws love from him with which to follow his steps in the virtues in this way they avail and in no other in this way sufferings satisfy for sin that is from the sweet and unitive love obtained from the sweet knowledge of the divine goodness and through bitter contrition of heart derived from the knowledge of thyself and thy sins this knowledge produces hatred of self of sin and of sensuality the effect of which is to account oneself deserving of suffering and undeserving of consolation thou seest then how by contrition of heart by love of patience and by true humility thy sufferings should be borne with patience through humility whilst thou accountest thyself worthy of suffering and unworthy of consolation thou wilt then ask to suffer as a satisfaction for thy offences against thy creator and wilt desire to know the sovereign truth that thou mayest love him but the way to gain perfect knowledge and to taste the eternal truth is this that thou never depart from the knowledge of thyself but abide in the valley of humility where thou shalt know god within thee and shalt draw from that knowledge what is needful for thee no virtue can have life without charity nor without humility which is the nurse of charity thou shalt humble thyself in the knowledge of thyself and shalt see that thy being is not from thyself but from god who loved thee before thou wast and through unspeakable love recreated thee in grace and washed thee and recreated thee in the blood of his only begotten son shed with great fire of love 
this love makes the truth known to every one who but lifts the cloud of self-love from off him through self-knowledge then will the soul ascend to the knowledge of god with unspeakable love yet this love will keep the soul in continual suffering because it is a love that sorrows in the knowledge of the truth and suffers exceedingly because of one's sins and ingratitude and because of the blindness of those who love not god yet this is not an afflicting sorrow not a sorrow that withers the soul but an enriching sorrow the soul thus satisfies for her sins and for the sins of the other servants of god and her sufferings may suffice because she receives the fruits of life through the virtue of charity patience is the queen of the soul she is seated on the rock of fortitude she conquers and is never conquered this virtue is the marrow of charity by its presence we know whether the garment of charity with which we are clothed is the true nuptial garment or not if this garment have rents in it it is an imperfect garment and impatience will escape through the rents the other virtues may be for a time concealed or may seem to be perfect when in reality they are imperfect but thou o patience canst not be hidden let this sweet patience this marrow of charity be in the soul and it will demonstrate that all the other virtues are there and living in perfection but if patience be absent that absence will show that all the other virtues are imperfect and not yet united to the most holy cross patience is conceived of self-knowledge through the knowledge of god's infinite goodness is born of self-hatred and is anointed with true humility nothing is refused to the virtue of patience neither the honour of god nor the salvation of souls it enjoys them continually look at the glorious martyrs how many souls were given to their patience death brought them life they raised the dead they drove mortal sin away from souls the world exhibited its grandeur the lords of the world put forth their power yet they could not prevail against the martyrs so strong were they in the sweet power of patience this virtue is a light placed on a candlestick it is the glorious fruit of tears united with the love of god and of our neighbour it partakes of the immaculate lamb with anxious and crucified desires the pain suffered by this virtue is not afflicting even though suffered for the offences committed against our divine creator because loving patience destroys all fear and self-love it is consoling because founded in charity it brings joy because it is the demonstrative proof that god dwells by grace in the soul impatience springs from one of two causes from spiritual death when the soul is in mortal sin from imperfection of life when the root of self-love is not mortified those imperfect souls live by grace but they are tender about themselves sensitive from sensuality and have a soft compassion for their own weakness they expect other people to compassionate them 
and suffer when they are not compassionated this leads them to murmuring and to judging the wills of other persons all this comes from self-love and impatience is the proof of it they love their own way and what tongue can tell the troubles of self-will in these self-willed persons the eye of the understanding is obscured their faith the very pupil of the eye is clouded with self-love and they are unfaithful to their light the impatience that follows makes them disobedient this weakens their judgment and this again leads them to murmuring although they live in grace their souls are imperfect their self-love obscures their sight and their virtues are imperfect for they accept not the discipline of god with patience nor even with becoming reverence nor with the love which god has given them they do not properly understand that what god sends them or permits is for their sanctification and is consequently to be accepted with gratitude but this disobedience to god's will results from pride which chooses to serve god in their own way and not in his way for if we believed in very truth that everything except sin proceeds from god and that he wills nothing but what is for our good a truth we taste in the blood of christ crucified did we believe this in very truth and were not warped from it by this tenderness for ourselves we should be reverentially obedient and accept whatever god sends us and should judge that what he sends us is sent in love and for our good but because we are unfaithful to this belief we suffer pains and troubles and become impatient under the pains that we suffer impatience is the habitual outcome of infidelity to what god ordains for us we can see this in others and can be disedified with it such persons can be quite content that superiors should direct things in their own way as a rule but they are pained and troubled if their own private ways are contradicted whence comes all this pain if they had no conflict between their nature and their living grace they would not suffer but they are weak and their infirmity is owing to their not having patience in their charity instead of humbling themselves beneath the mighty hand of god and receiving as they can do what comes from him they will have their pains and fatigues at a time in a place and in a way that they choose for themselves if they cannot pay their debt of duty like other people they should at least pay their debt of patience god requires nothing of us beyond what we are able to do but he always requires charity and always requires patience to endure the pains and toils that he sends us o patience how delightful thou art to those who have thee what hope thou bringest to those who possess thee thou art the sovereign of the soul thou art the corrector of sensuality but let anger or impatience appear and with the two-edged sword of hatred and love anger is cut down pride is severed away by the roots and impatience is made to vanish clothed in thy garment of self-knowledge as with sunlight 
and casting keen rays of ardent charity on those who would injure thee thou heapest coals of fire on their heads in the might of self-knowledge thou art begirt with the virtues as with the stars of heaven and after the night of self-knowledge comes the day of great light and the sun's high fervour clothing thee in beautiful robes who then will not love this beautiful patience that endures all things for christ crucified where shall we find this valiant virtue of patience we shall find it says st catherine where we find charity and find it in the same way we shall find it in the blood of christ crucified where amidst the torments of the cross no murmur is heard but that of prayer and pardon there shall we find the patience that bears all our iniquities and infirmities and that gives the grace of patience to all who live in that blood we shall find it in the blood that is embraced and possessed by the eternal divinity to whom adhering the soul is filled with the holy fire of charity and with the patience by which that blood was shed we shall find that patience in the unspeakable love with which god has loved us and with which he has endured us end of lecture eleven part three